They were off to Buttevant in the morning to join the battalion. They'd been granted leave on the proviso they got past the discerning eye of the orderly sergeant. Flynn resigned himself to staying in, bitter that Fallon had ruined both his tunic and his last night in Dublin. But then Gallagher saved the day with one he'd scrounged from old Hackett in stores. It had cost him. I owe you, Flynn had said as he squeezed into the jacket. It was slightly too small. He didn't care. It would do beneath his greatcoat. Ah, was nothing. We're a team. We stick together. We don't leave anyone behind, do we, fellas? replied Gallagher dismissively. The others agreed, and it wasn't long before they'd got past the orderly sergeant, an immaculate Connacht ranger sporting a luxuriant moustache and boots like glass. He eyed them disdainfully, resenting being prized from his warm guardroom. You'll do for a bunch of bloody fusiliers, he grumbled. Now piss off and try not to get arrested. They didn't wait to be told twice, marching briskly towards the main gate past the postbox and the guardroom cells. Behind them, the barrack lights flickered in the thickening gloom, whilst ahead the lights of Kingsbridge Station blazed from across the Liffey. Flynn turned up his greatcoat collar against the chill rolling up the river from Dublin Bay. When they reached the station, they stopped, basking in the warm blast emanating from within. Gallagher leant against the wall, lighting up as if on watch. "'I could murder a drink,' declared the Duke, stamping his feet against the cold. Gallagher beamed his teeth shining in the loom of the street lamp. "'I got to see my Lizzie first, said Carolyn. "'Say, what time you got?' asked Fitzpatrick. The station clock said it was just past five. "'Ain't it a bit early for a drink?' They gave him a queer look. "'What?' he asked. "'And you call yourself a Dublin Fusilier,' gasped Gallagher, summoning a volley of laughter from the others. "'I was just thinking we should get some scuff, that's all.' said Fitzpatrick. "'Your man's got a point. Drinking on an empty stomach's just tempting fate,' opined Doyle. They agreed. "'Tell you what. Me folks live nearby. I'm sure me mammy won't mind rustling up a few sandwiches and some tea,' said Gallagher, doing his best to ignore the icy offshore wind. "'I'd better drop by my parents first. It's our last night,' said Flynn. "'Will you not be seeing our Mary?' said Gallagher. Flynn shuffled awkwardly. Gallagher was grinning like a buffoon. "'That's not what I said,' replied Flynn. "'I'll only be a few hours.' "'Where shall I meet you?' he asked. Someone suggested the brazen head, sparking a brisk argument about the merits of the city centre's various drinking dens. Gallagher insisted he'd wait at the house. That way he could make sure Flynn found the right bar as well as seeing Mary before they left in the morning. As Flynn strolled to the tram stop, it started to rain. It was still raining when he reached his parents' house, a smart detached building on the North Circular Road. If you must go playing soldiers, couldn't you apply to be an officer? We can always help you with your mess fees, said his father. You'd be amongst decent folk, not all those common soldiers, interrupted his mother. Flynn rolled his eyes. Your mother's got a point, Kevin. At least you wouldn't be a common soldier. I like being a common soldier, and with me mates, Flynn snapped, suddenly realising how true that was. I told you no good would come of getting him that blasted job, his mother spluttered. He should have gone to university, made something of himself. It's a good job, protested his father, 
That may as well be, but if he didn't work there, he'd never have let that Gallagher boy stuff his head with all this army nonsense, she added bitterly. Flynn bit his tongue, nursing a cup of tea in his hands. Will you look at how the lad can't hold a cup of tea decently any more? It had enough. I've got to get back, he lied, making a show of looking at the clock on the mantelpiece. His mother stared at him, red-eyed, at a loss for words. He felt awful. Look, we're only off somewhere down south. She didn't say anything. They say it'll be all over by Christmas. He knew he sounded foolish. Take care, said his father. Keep your head down and don't do anything stupid. He pressed something into Flynn's hand. It was a crisp white five-pound note. Flynn noticed his father looked tired, worn out.